Bonjour et bienvenue, vous écoutez Let's Talk Fitness, le podcast bilingue anglais-français par Stillness Fitness. Je suis Sébastien, votre hôte pour cet épisode. Hi, dear listeners. Today, our guest is Mr. Tom Morrison. So, Tom, can you introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Hi guys, I'm Tom Morrison and I am basically the guy that deals with a lot of movement issues and mobility issues and a bunch of myths um, as well because there's a lot of information out there. So um, I like to help people with flexibility problems get through them and if they have been in pain or getting constant injuries to help them to work them out as well um, and try and teach people that it's basically a movement issue and that a lot of stuff can be corrected yourself without having to rely on a lot of external therapies and you're spending thousands of pounds to figure stuff out and um, if you learn how to move better you have a lot more control over your body and then that way Um, that then helps you to progress on to other things that interest you. So I would work with a lot of um, weightlifters and crossfitters and you know, people you know that are more into the performance side of the industry rather than the bodybuilding side. Um, so to help them to be able to get the best out of the performance and then also helping the general population as well with injuries and trying to figure out why they um, are maybe running into issues that everyone else doesn't seem to get. So That's basically a, a quick gist of what I do. So I like to keep things very simple, um, and I also like to keep things entertaining as well and lighthearted because it's more fun that way. So, yeah, that's me a bit in a nutshell. Okay, okay. So um, can you give us a, a bit of a background? So what led you to play the role that you're actually playing? Uh, for me, I didn't have any kind of real interest in any kind of physical fitness or anything even in school if I could have found a way out of um, getting out of PE I would have it was just no interest in me to do anything physical or uh, lift anything or like I hated sports I hated having to play football and I hated having to do anything like that at all and um, so I didn't start doing anything until I was about 24 and then I put a bit of weight on by then and I was just smoking and drinking all the time and then I just overnight had this flip of a switch and decided that I wanted to start doing martial arts. Um, okay. So I went and I found a club to join, um, and I started doing martial arts, and I basically went from not doing anything at all in my entire life to then training six days a week, and I would have done about two-hour training sessions in the morning, and then in the evening, anything to like three to four-hour training sessions, um, and then eventually, as I progressed on, I was able to stay for harder classes and stuff and started sparring as well. And um, so I lost a ton of weight and I started feeling fitter and healthier than I ever did in my life. But then um, very quickly, just a few years in, I started getting injured all of the time. So I hurt my shoulder, I hurt my knee, I kept hurting my neck and I kept just having to rest all the time. So I was basically still going to the martial arts club and going to the gym, but I was having to sit at the side or have the workouts changed for me so that I could take part in some way. Um, and this just went on a big cycle and I kept getting hurt and kept getting injured. And this was, this was all sort of happening all around the same time as I was starting to um, start coaching as well. So um, I was starting to learn how to teach other people and stuff because it appeared like I was doing everything fine. So my form always looked okay um, when I was doing things, but I kept getting these constant niggles and just constant warning signs and no one else was really able to pick up on what was going on. Um, and then eventually the worst thing that happened to me was a back injury um, whenever I was squatting. So I did get little spells every now and again just for a few months where I'd be able to jump on a, a squat program or whatever and get stronger and you know, I'd feel okay-ish for a while, but I was always on the foam roller um, and always, like I was giving my physio, you know, like a, two sessions a week um, and just going in this big cycle of getting injured and trying to work through it and getting injured and trying to work through it and then trying to get stronger on the outside of that. Um, the back injury was the one that set me back the most because I wasn't even able to walk or anything. I couldn't put my foot on the floor and it was absolutely horrible so it completely like I would say ruined my life um, and I was at a point that I was forgiven up absolutely everything and um, I was even told by doctors I would never lift again and like even my physiotherapist just told me look 
you know, weightlifting isn't for you. You know, you need, you got to pick something else. You know, go on walks. You know, um, <laughs> but that was uh, that was a lifestyle that I didn't want to choose. Um, so then I started researching other methods and um, started delving into you know like specialists and reading a lot of studies with um, people that had been in like say car accidents that had had completely mangled spines. Um, and, and they were able to be made better. So I was like, well, if they can do it, why can't I? So um, that's what led me down the path of learning more about mobility training um, and through pain. So pain is actually a good tool. It's a very good teaching tool if you've ever been in chronic pain because when you move something, you're, you're very aware of it. So it's a good thing to actually give yourself more body awareness whenever you flip it on its head like that. Um, so yeah, I started gradually figuring out why all my issues had happened over the years and it had actually stemmed from having a massive lack of mobility in my right hip so my um entire pelvis was basically twisting off to one side uh, and my shoulder had dropped down because of it and i was able to actually start piecing together why all the injuries i ended up with had all happened and it had all basically stemmed back down to this issue with my right hip and then it had made compensations all around that and then um, after I started figuring all this stuff out and making myself feel a lot better, um, then from there I started implementing it into the people that I was teaching as well. And I started to realize that even a lot of people that weren't in pain or having any issues yet still had these movement dysfunctions um, with them. And they were like, they had started getting the couple of warning signals that I had got previously before. I had just accelerated the process because I was so eager um, with things. So, like, what someone would accomplish in like four or five years, I had pretty much whittled down into being able to do it all in one year. But that's what basically accelerated my injury process as well. So um, it was the accumulation of everything that I was doing over a short period of time that led me down that path a lot quicker than others. So um, ultimately with that, it was a great teaching tool again. So I'm able to spot a lot more things with people sooner than they would themselves. So I like to promote the idea of teaching people how to know what joints should do and to know to assess their left and right sides to see if anything is pulling to one direction more than the other because most people jump on the standard ways of training which is to do squats and to do deadlifts and to do barbell presses and always to do a lot of bilateral movements and there's a lot of different things that can go on with the body that can make those movements be either absolutely incredible for you and build a ton of muscle and strength or one of the worst things you can do and just you know send you down that injury cycle so that's my goal is to help people to learn how to assess themselves in an easy way so that they never have to run into those issues and never have to learn through pain okay okay when you look at the people that you're working with um are they mostly competitors or do you work with everybody Absolutely everybody. So I would work with um, high-level competitive weightlifters um, that, that compete all around the world, um, right down to people in their 60s and 70s. Um, everybody has a body, and my main focus is on treating the body how to move well first, and then everything else outside of that is like a treat. So you know the, the body doesn't really want to do you know the Olympic snatch that much but if you make it work if you make the joints work really well if you make people understand core strength really well then it can be a fantastic exercise for the body but you have to know how to have the prerequisite mobility in place to be able to do that and the same thing goes for anything so even if people that just enjoy running if you are really dominant to one side or you have an issue like i did with one of your hips you're going to be running in a way that's going to be annoying things ever so slightly and the thing with running is that it will just take longer for the problems to present themselves so you could get away for maybe two three years pain-free but then by that time you have two three years worth of compensations that your body's been trying to help you out with but then everything just eventually breaks down so it's knowing how to address these patterns before they actually become solid patterns in your body so that you know you can avoid you know a lot of injuries are easily avoided you know what i mean and i'm talking about the ones that are not like if you were to fall on a spike that kind of injury is not something that's avoided that's an accident but a lot of injuries and niggles happen over time and it's the compound effect of just you not knowing your own twists and turns with your body. So body awareness is probably the primary thing that I teach people. And it's just, you know, teaching people in a way that helps them to understand what to look for. Because if I sit now, you know, how is your hip flexible?
scale of one to ten. You know, what what um do mean? You know, what is the factor that says someone has good hip flexibility? Is it being able to do the splits, or is it just being able to do a squat? You know, where's the line for that? So, um, with they promote the most, I like to make a baseline flexibility for everybody so that you understand what is the baseline standard that you need to have and anything outside of that is then going down specialist route so the splits is a advanced flexibility movement so it's not it's not a necessary movement so it's understanding what normal person flexibility should be so it's like how do you quantify that how do you make people understand what they actually need rather than them just pointlessly doing stretches um, and exercises that they don't actually need okay okay yes so uh, which kind of training or um i would say courses have you been on to to um, make you build that system that you've built courses um Basically, a lot of stuff has stemmed from my traditional martial arts um, side okay. of things. So I did do cage fighting and boxing and kickboxing as well, but I was very well versed in traditional martial arts that a lot of people don't really you know, give a lot of credit to these days. But the actual full side of the traditional side of martial arts, so like, uh, like Muay Thai and Praying Mantis and Wing Chun, all of those things actually have systems in their forms that are developed on joint movement and body awareness as well. So a large, large, large part of my influence is from um, traditional martial arts, and it's where I actually started working with people. So before I even coached um, weightlifting or CrossFit, started off coaching martial arts, and that was where a lot of my knowledge came from because if you understand how, to, how the body works and how joints work, then you're better able to, you know, fight because you know how to put a joint at a, in a position that it's not going to be strong in order to, you know, get the submission or break the arm or whatever it is you want to do. So if you understand that, mm-hmm. you have to understand the flip side of that. So you have to understand what a good position is as well. And then mm-hmm. at a more advanced level, you know, when you get into a grappling match with someone and you're able to actually touch them and you understand where their balance is and, and you're able to actually feel through their own movement, where, or you know, if you get someone with a very kyphotic posture and their upper back's all rounded, you know that if you get them onto the ground, that if you were to take their shoulder into a position of internal rotation, the half of the work's already done for you because their posture is so bad. You know what I mean? So if you if you can exploit someone's weaknesses in a grappling sense, then if you know if you understand that, then you know the opposite side of that is like, okay, well, if I can give somebody good posture. I'm going to give them better joints. I'm going to give them stronger joints that are going to work better, which then when you bring that into the strength and conditioning world, then it's it's just a more advantageous position to be in because you're going to generate more strength. You're going to have more freedom with your joints. So you're not going to get injured as easily. I'm not saying it's ever going to be impossible. You know, No one is ever going to be 100% bulletproof, but you can make yourself pretty damn strong and pretty damn resilient. And then then it's easy to do programs, you know what I mean? People jump in, into yeah. programs too fast. So people jump into doing like a five-by-five five program or the five-three-one program or basing everything off percentages whenever they can't really move right yet. That should always be the base of every program. It should be to get the prerequisite flexibility for whatever it is that you want to do rather than finding that out later, you know, whenever you're already, you know, a year or two down the road and you've already picked up a ton of problems, you know, it should be your first protocol to assess your movement and to do um, foundation work that's going to serve you through your programs that you may choose to do. Because once you have all that stuff dialed in, then you can do whatever program you want and you know you're going to be safe to do so. So um, that would be where I started with was martial arts. And then just as I started to move into the strength and conditioning world and um, qualified powerlifter and uh, Olympic weightlifter as well, it's, um, it just started seeing all the patterns with everything. And then you started to notice people's twists and turns. So a big um, problem, obviously, with powerlifting and weightlifting is it's very bilateral. It's very up and down. And even with Olympic weightlifting, because of the likes of the split jerk, you're always doing a pattern of one hip inflection and one hip and extension with maximal loads so that can cause massive twists and turns with the body and if you talk to most weightlifters they always have a problem with one shoulder or one side of their lower back you know what i mean so it's it it's that system that starts to create those things but if you know how to offset them 
you're going to get stronger, you know. And it doesn't it doesn't take having to do a million different corrective corrective exercises. It's literally just knowing the differences in your hip mobility and knowing about actual core strength. Okay, okay, okay. So um, I I was reading uh, your your biography, and you mentioned that you're in the fitness industry since seven years, uh -huh. so which uh, take us back to 2013. Mm -hmm. um, now, one of the questions that I have is, how did you manage to get to where you are at in such a small amount of time? I mean, you are um, contributing for T-Nation, which is one of the biggest uh, fitness websites, uh, actually. You are um, also, as you said, so a powerlifting coach, weightlifting coach. So, what has been the journey since 2013 until now? Uh, it's literally all-in approach. So, like, I do not do things um, in half measures. Uh, even um, before I started any kind of like my fitness journey or anything, whenever I was in my teens and I wanted to learn guitar. Me and my, all, my, all of my friends decided to learn guitar at the same time. I was the guy that was sitting for eight hours a day at home practicing, and I was able to um, play a lot more stuff than they were in very short, short amounts of time, and they were always getting really annoyed with me, but I just get on the ground and do the work with things. So if I decide I want to do something, or if I decide I want to know something, I will spend all day, um, every day, working on it and learning on it. Um, in regards to courses and seminars and stuff, you know, If I see something that I think I might get a, a minor piece of information that I want, I will be there, so without a doubt. And it doesn't matter how much it costs to me, it's um, a worthwhile investment, so I will just go on courses. And then outside of that, like I'm not afraid to message anybody either. If I think somebody can help me out, learn, help me with learning something, um, I will send them a message. Um, no way, you know, no two ways about it. So it's my real drive and work ethic to want to know something. Um, but I'm very, you know, outside of that, you know, other like normal things don't really interest me. So if my wife asks me to bring something home from the shop, I will forget. You know, I'm just a very, <laughs> I'm just a very one track mind focused person. And it's served me quite well, especially um, in regards to the fitness industry. So, um, you know, like I said, if there's a course, I'll be there. Networking has been a massive thing. So, Like I said, just you'll meet people at seminars that you go to and you can, you know, chat with them, talk to them. So I have a lot of friends in different sports that all, you know, I can't do half of the stuff that they can do, but they would still message me and ask for advice on mobility stuff because they know, you know I've met a lot of people and work with a lot of people. So that's kind of the stuff that I'm good at. And then on the flip side of that as well, if there's something that I don't know, I will generally be able to refer out to someone else as well. So never live in your own little bubble if you know what i mean you always you want to you want to yep. network with people and you know you can always learn a lot more just from the people that you hang around with as well and um, with writing it was just a matter of practice the first magazine i started writing for and um, it was called box rocks and um, it's mainly in australia and germany and i just started writing blogs for them and just sharing a few ideas and mobility drills and stuff That I really liked and they really liked them too so they started publishing them and then the same thing uh, with Clinician. I just sent in a few little bits and pieces uh, they actually said no to the first thing I sent them they said they liked one part of it so I just changed it up sent it back to them and then started contributing to them ever since so it's a great great place and all the coaches that actually write for Nation are so down to earth as well down to earth Wow. So they're just it's just a really cool um, community to be part of as well. And there's so much stuff you can even learn from Teen Nation's website alone. Like the, the information on yeah. it is unreal, you know. So it's mm -hmm. the actual ability to implement things would be the one thing that I would say to anybody. So I don't just like I wouldn't just read all day. I would take one or two things and I would own them. I would say, right, how does this work for me? Can I make it work for other people? Um, and can I make it repeatable? So does it work with lots of different people? And that's the stuff that I'm always most interested in. If you can get the things that work for the most amount of people most of the time, then it's probably a good exercise to be using, um, and especially in the long term as well. So I am very much anyone I've ever worked with um, in person has always been for years. So I, I can see the differences that you can make to someone over a long period of time. So that it really sort of cements the knowledge that you have as well. So it's not just enough to be reading books and attending courses, you have to be really 
um, questioning questioning everything. And again, that's one thing that really came down to my back injury because it was like, yes, I was doing planks, I was doing um, you know core exercises, I was making sure to have good rotational strength and anti-rotational strength and all that stuff. But I never truly understood why all that stuff was so important. And I also never understood that you could get better at that stuff. And what I realize now with most people um, and especially strong people that like would have what would be deemed as impressive numbers is they don't truly understand bracing. They don't understand what it is to have a strong core um, and how to have you know complete core strength. Everyone's just doing a ton of core exercises for the sake of core exercises whenever they're not thinking about all of the different elements of movement and how you need to understand them and how you need to be in control of them as well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of real intricacies of things that I've picked up on quite well and I think that's the stuff that I have shared a lot with a lot of people um, and help people have the same light bulb moments that I have had as well so a lot of stuff that I share and teach has came from my own experience but also my experience of being able to replicate it with other people as well um, and yeah I just I think if you spread good information and you're confident that what you do you know it's it's going to serve you well so I'd say that's probably what's helped me the most. Okay. Okay, okay. interesting. Um, now, when um, when you look at the fitness industry as a whole, um, what would you say is actually um, a trend that you, you're not really a fan of? A trend that I'm not really a fan of? Hmm. Yeah. That's a funny one <laughs> for me anyway, because like I am, I have a very short attention span and I do like to hop around and try lots of different things. And to be honest, everything that I have tried, like an aspect of even thinking that I might not like it, I have enjoyed it. Whenever you get into the community of people that are doing something that you maybe don't fully understand, you sort of, you start to get a feel of why they do what they do. And, you know, I've hung out with bodybuilders, I've hung out with powerlifters, I've hung out with weightlifters, I've hung out with crossfitters, I've hung out with um, people, pole dancers, everything that you can sort of think of, um, you know, even like even down to, I know it's not to do with the fitness industry, but musicians, whenever you start to get into people's communities and the feel of, you know, what they represent and stuff, I think it's all great. It's just people's understanding of things that would be the problem with stuff so um people that are in their own wee small bubble that think there's big problems with certain things or exercises and stuff like go and give it a try like the amount of people that hate on crossfit um is very funny but you know when you talk to a lot of people that have maybe said that a few years ago and they go and try it now and they understand it's not all about reps and time and that it is actually about learning how to move properly and making yourself better at stuff and it is performance-based, they're actually like, oh, it's, it's actually okay. It's, it's not what YouTube has made it out to be, you know? Um, so, yeah, I do think... I think people need to get out a bit more with things and try different things because for all they know, like people that say that things are bad or, you know, not good or anything like that, you know, they it could maybe be their favorite thing in the world they just haven't tried it yet you know so um i think there's a lot of people that in the fitness industry that would badmouth things just for the sake of badmouthing them and they're, they're supposed to for the sake of it you know um yeah so i don't think there's anything necessarily bad but there is always bad people with anything so it's yeah that hope that kind of answers the question a bit for the way i feel about it anyway i think everything's fantastic it's just people's understanding of things and when people rush into things too fast, and like I said, don't understand that you need to have prerequisite things to be able to do things, then they get hurt, and then they can give something a bad name. So just like people give exercises a bad name, you know, people people that say you know powerlifting or whatever is bad for you and injures you, it's because they don't have an understanding of it, or because they have just listened to someone that has tried it once and got hurt, and they've told them it's bad, so then they just believe it's bad. But anything, if done properly, can be beneficial for you, and. As long as you're moving and you feel strong, I'm happy. Okay, perfect. Um, so now, when so when you look at all the um, the person that you trained, all the injury that you dealt with, 
which one, so which injury would you say is the most common? Most common injury, it's a... Yeah, that's you know, dealt with. A lot of backs, <laughs> a lot of lower backs, especially, okay. and it can range from anything from actual injury to tightness um, that I've had to work with. And most of the time, it's came down to the person's hip mobility that's been the problem, or again, their understanding of bracing. People, people think they're bracing when they're not, they're just moving. So when they're squatting, they're not actually shifting the weight. They've got a weight on their back and they're just going up and, up and down. So that'll be the most common thing that I've noticed with. So definitely lower back and then after that shoulders would be the big one um, a lot of shoulders and it's really funny with shoulders because the shoulder that's given the problem sometimes is not the actual shoulder that's the problem it's the uh, exercise that they're choosing to do um, which makes the big problem so yeah lower back will be the big one but like I said out of everyone that I've worked with I've always been able to pick out what it is movement wise that they've been missing over the years and it's generally down to one aspect of hip mobility that they would miss Okay. And so out of all the injuries that you dealt with, which one do you enjoy the most working with? Which one do I enjoy working with the most? Yeah. Uh, any and all of them. I love, so basically the body is like, it doesn't make any sense. And I love that. Um, so I do, I always have a full body approach with everything. So people will generally come to me with one issue that they have. Um, whether it be the back, the knee, or the shoulder, or whatever, but I always give a full body approach, and I really enjoy the way things work because you know, no matter what you do, your body tries to help you, and it's both the smartest thing that you have in the world, but it's also the dumbest thing that you have in the world. So it will shift things the wrong way to help to assist um, an injury, and then when the pain eventually goes away, if you don't deal with those compensations they can start to have a compound effect and then that can start to give you random bouncing pains. So you're bound to have met people like that yourself. Like every week they've got something wrong with them. Like it's either their knee or their hip or their shoulder or their neck and it just changes, it bounces around. Uh -huh. um, so it's, it's that that I'm really into and it's figuring out those little twists and turns with people's entire bodies that I really enjoy. So people do come to me with one specific problem or one area of pain that they would have, but I always look at the full body and see where they're compensating wherever because the littlest thing even with your ankle can just cause everything to shift that little bit so i love figuring that stuff out and with everybody it's different there's no two people in the world that are the same there's always something that um goes one way or the other and it's you know not a lot of people make any sense and the more people you work with the more um you start to understand that so you know for a while you sort of think you know everything, you're able to fix a few people, you know, you're, you're feeling quite confident in yourself, and then you meet that one person that makes no sense, yeah. and then you're like, okay, and then you sort of reevaluate everything, and then you think you've got it, and you've nailed it, then you meet somebody else that makes no sense, so <laughs> it just, it goes in this big cycle, and then you're just always learning, um, but the more, the more different people you work with, the more you get lucky, if you know what I mean, so the exercise, the exercises that yeah. you choose actually start to work a lot quicker, so um, there is a system there, but it's figuring out which way you need to go with things. So um, going back to your system and uh, when you're taking your clients for your system and they are, um, you've got your idea of um, why they're feeling the way they're feeling, has someone ever told you that... Um, you were wrong or that your um they didn't like your explanation yeah, a lot of people would have said they've tried stuff before had that for sure um but when you generally talk to them a bit more you'll figure out that they didn't do it right would be a big thing um and or th there's just a big fear complex built up it depends where you reach people um you know with an injury especially so if you have someone that's been in back pain for 15 years and they say they have tried everything they have not tried everything but they do fully believe that they have so whenever you you know whenever you start to recommend movements to them they're just going to think that they're stretches and they're going to be like i've tried stretching before but it's like no there's specific things we're looking for like flexion extension rotation there are specific um things that we're asking from your hips all you've tried to do is stretch your hamstrings 
and the, but the the belief that they have with the, the current knowledge that they have. So it's not necessarily that um, there's anything wrong. It's just the the understanding that they have of what movement is or mobility is or what stretching is is different to them. So everything is different to everybody. So it's important when you're teaching someone to um, help them understand why you're giving them the things that you're giving them, but also sometimes you need to test things and they won't work. So um, in regards to back pain, you would test, I would test first of all their core strength and see are they actually able to fire whenever they're asked to fire. A good test for that would be um, you know, the pull-off press, whenever a band is sort of pulling you off to the side. Yep. If you have someone stand with their hands out in front and you push into their hands and get them to resist from their core, if they don't fire immediately as you push, if there's like a delay there, then it's a muscle firing problem. Um, and if that, if their core is able to fire straight away or say it aggravates their back pain a little bit more, then you can start to check their hip mobility. You get them down the floor and see, can they rotate their hips internally and externally? You check, can they actually extend properly at the hips? So the legs of a couch stretch, for anyone listening that knows the couch, the couch stretch, that should be a, a position that you should be able yeah. to comfortably sit into. And what you'll find with a lot of people, um, with back pain especially, is when they're trying to do the couch stretch, they either cannot sit up in that position whatsoever, or they just feel an intense stretch in their quad and they're not actually able to get any kind of opening up from the hip flexors at all. And that's a big issue um, for a lot of back pain stuff. Um, flexion as well. So if you know, if you ever followed me in T Nation, you may have seen the deep lunge test. Um, it's a movement that is probably to be associated quite a lot with. It's the test, test the hip flexion. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that on point, you do not have the um, prerequisite mobility to be able to use your hamstrings correctly your lower back is going to have to compensate when you're lifting anything because you basically can't move from the hips properly and that's a lot of people's problems but um whenever people try for the first time and can't do it they were like oh i can't do that so it's not going to help me so a lot of people don't understand the difference that can be made you know over a long period of time because say you have had an injury or you've been in pain for 10 years if you're able to get out of that in six months that's a massive achievement but people don't see that they just see mm -hmm. when you're on that single session or say they're just talking to you for you know an hour or whatever you can't make that amount of difference in such a short period of time for a lot of people though, you can you can make a massive difference in a short period of time and you know they're all hyped up and like hey let's go but if someone's been in a bad way for a long time or they've just racked up these compensations like i've been talking about over the years that's going to take time to correct so they would be people that would definitely disagree the first and um, and then it's just a matter of um convincing them that you know they're going to have to put the work in themselves because um a lot of people would try and rely and think that other people can help them. So it's like they would say, oh, the, the physios can't help me, the chiropractors can't help me. But it's like if you think, you know, you're only on their table for maybe 40 minutes at a time, once a week, if you're going every week, whenever if you really want to get rid of a movement dysfunction, you have to work at it every day, and you have to know what you're looking for as well. So educating people um, in those things is very important to me. Okay. Um, so when... You mentioned earlier that um, you you go through that system when you're assessing and uh, mm -hmm. all of that. If um, you've got someone, so something that happened to me quite recently, I had a, a consultation with someone and she, she was telling me that her, um, she has one leg longer than the other and that uh, it's literally just uh ruining her life because she she can't work properly she's experiencing pain in her back and she um, she just she, as you said she tried everything now um my my approach was to show her a few movements that can actually uh, improve the her feeling but also to make her understand that uh, it's going to take time and that also the way we are approaching things with movement would be different than the way than chiropractors or uh, physios are approaching it. Physios and chiropractors are mm -hmm. quite hands-on. We are not allowed to do that, so we are going to have a different approach, but which can lead to same result or even better results if... Um, she's taking it seriously and if she's practicing. Now, what would be your approach to 
that, uh, case. that case, pretty much exactly what you've just said there, and it's that it's going to take time. Um, the big thing is what I've done um, online, especially, is build a community of people that have, you know, had similar issues or the same issues. So if you have stories of other clients, um, it's always a really good help because if you can show somebody that they've been there, you know, someone else has been there before and they have got out of it the other side, it's a really big help as well. So, um, like, especially for me, like the amount of things that I've heard, you know, I'm able to relate to people very easily. Um, and I, I know what it's like to, you know, have a movement dysfunction. And I was even told that I had a leg length discrepancy as well. Whenever I didn't, it was just um, a movement issue. And it's being able to relate to people in that way or to have, you know, stories or friends and stuff that you have that you can say, well, look, this person has done it. They're absolutely fine. And um, people, it's it's just, it's an almost defense. It's not so much a bad thing, but it's a defense mechanism that a lot of people have in their bodies of whenever they're told something, they grasp onto it and they think, I need to be careful now. And then their entire body language will change about that. So as soon as someone believes that they have you know, something wrong with them or they've been diagnosed with having something, their body almost goes into this defensive mode and it'll make you walk slower, it'll make you be more cautious, it'll make you more nervous, all of that stuff. But it also will have an influence on how you interpret things that are being said to you as well. Because even you could be talking to this person and giving them the best information that the world in the world, but they'll be standing there the entire time and in their subconscious. Now you're different. Now you've been hurt. Now you've got that leg thing. Now you can't be helped. You have that. That's the stuff that you're sort of going against. And that's a big thing um, that I try and help people to understand as well. Because even if you are in, in a bad way, people's, you know, um, seem to choose that they'll just rest and not do anything. But all they're going to be doing then is getting weaker and getting more twisted and ending up in more pain. So, in, like I said earlier, unless you have okay. on a spike and have broken your spine on something, if you're just sore from, you know, moving badly for a lot of years, you know, move, you know, and try to figure out what ways you're sort of doing things wrong, you know. So a lot of people... A lot of people understand what good posture looks like and anybody, no matter how far forward their head is or anything, if they stand side on to a mirror, they can tuck their chin in. You know, that's the start of it. That's just practicing awareness, you know, not letting it be, be in front of the body, start to tuck mm-hmm. the chin, stand up straighter. It's one of the bigger things that you can start to do with yourself, you know, um, and, and in regards to like even mobility and drills and stuff like that, a lot of things are naturally in you. A lot of stuff I do is just make those things better. So say someone's neck is stiff or sore, instinctively they will move it and they will, you know, twist from side to side and try to make it feel a bit better. But when you learn how to, when you learn how to do those things better, they become the ultimate mobility drills. But all you're doing is something that you would do anyway. So everything is inside you and you do have the strength there. You just need to elaborate or not elaborate and build on it. You need to practice these things and make them better. So, um, yeah, for someone that's really, really hesitant, it's just, trying to help them to get to that place that they feel like they could do something. Um, so not using big words and not using really fancy looking over complicated drills um, that, you know, and, and starting to really like name nitty gritty muscles and stuff that could be the problem because like anything could be the problem at the end of the day, unless uh, you know, you've x-ray vision and, or you've got MRI scanners in your eye, you know, you don't really a hundred percent know what's going on and someone's, you know, one with their muscles, but then, with how their brain is you know making the muscles fire as well so there's all these different things you need to take into account but at the end of the day what you always have to remember is that you're working with people and you're working with people that have fears and insecurities as well so you have to you know you have to remember that you're working with people and i definitely think that's a place that a lot of trainers can maybe um go wrong is that they get so caught up in their like knowledge that they would forget that they're they're standing talking to Martha who has a sore back, you know. So that would be yeah, yeah. You, you gotta you gotta help them. So yeah. keep things simple. So um, when it comes to uh, training, so in general, do you uh, put all of your clients onto um, mobility program, or some of your clients the 
just don't want to do any mobility and they feel like they are good enough and they want to only lift. How how do you decide, or, or should I say, how do you deal with someone who only wants to do uh, to lift and doesn't ah, care that's at all a about really good one. Um, and very common as well. Um, I give them movements that require large joint movements and um, in a unilateral setting and give them harder weights to do. So one of my favorite corrective drills is actually to start to teach yourself how to press heavy on one leg with one arm at a time. And that is an unbelievably great drill to get the glutes working properly and to avoid any kind of um, any kind of issues with the obliques, obliques happening in their firing pattern as well. So if you get someone to do single arm pressing while standing on one leg, you're going to fix a ton of stuff. But no matter how strong they are, it's like, yeah, see how heavy you can go. Good, let's go for a three rep max for that drill. So technically they are doing stability work, but it's hard for them and they actually feel like they're being challenged because that's... The big thing for a lot of strong people as well would be a big one because, you know, if you've got some guy that can put 120 kilo over his head easy and, you know, he could lift him, it doesn't matter what it is, he can lift it. At a certain point, a resistance band or a stretch, it just isn't going to, you know, give him enough of an adaptation for mobility or what mobility is. So, like, that's where you need to take things that step further. So that's why I love the bottom-up press so much. Um, And even in regards to... Uh, like corrective exercise and stuff there's a lot of things that I don't really program like face pulls and stuff like that I don't really program them things but I would program the likes of a dumbbell shoulder rotation so it's a large movement of the joint you have to move the entire shoulder through a full range of motion but you can actually start to weight that up you can give them a program for that it's like right this week we're doing that with a 10 kilo dumbbell in two weeks time we're going to move that up to 12 kilo dumbbell so they're getting that need for the heavier so the progressive overload but they're actually doing full range joint movements so like deep deep split squats if you've ever seen so not not the bulgarian split squat the um actual one have you ever seen where you go right the way down into the bottom of a deep lunge but the knee is as far forward of the toe as you can get it you've seen those before yeah so starting to load yeah, those up yeah. because if someone's strong enough for you know any amounts of squats or whatever, give them that in their warm-ups, right? Here's your warm-up for the day. You're going to be doing heavy split squats for sets of three each side. Um, and then they're going to find out very quickly as well if they're really struggling on one side compared to the other. And then you're going to start to adjust your program from that. So that just depends on how far down you're going with. But pretty much for everybody, um, what I'll run through them with first is the simplistic mobility method and make sure that they're proficient at all of the drills in it because that's going to ultimately give them the best foundation. But it is at the end of the day training. A lot of the movements I use, or people that buy the program, they would give me feedback saying, fuck, I felt like a workout. It didn't feel, you know, I thought of the stretching. It's like, no, you're moving, you're, you're moving your joints through large ranges of motion. You're gaining control and stability through the full range, and you're improving it as you go. So that's the, you know, that's what actual mobility work is. It's not just doing external rotation 50 times with a pink dumbbell that's not what mobility is it's actually challenging your joints through large ranges of motions and trying to improve on that if you're say not that flexible or if you are already incredibly flexible then it's about gaining control through those ranges so moving slower so it's making them feel like they are being challenged and that they are going to get like big buff dudes but at the same time giving them the good stuff that is actually going to help protect them so they don't get injured so they can stay being big buff dudes okay so uh, yeah. a bit of a reverse engineering <laughs> okay perfect um so have you ever had to say no to someone who wanted yes. to work with you quite a few times definitely I, okay and so is it some is it something that you um you feel comfortable Absolutely. with to say not someone or is it uh, not or not comfortable um no if if i don't feel like yeah. someone's in the place that they need to be to actually um help themselves so it actually happened a couple of days ago someone messaged um but they had that same aura about themselves of this person hasn't been able to fix my problems. This person hasn't been able to fix my problems. And this person hasn't been able to fix my problems. And I've explained everything to them. Like we've just been talking about, it's like that you need to be the one that puts the work in. So I, I gave him a couple of exercises yeah. to do. And I says to him, look, if you can do these every day without fail three times a day, and you still feel like you're able to 
put the work in and want to work with me, then yeah, we'll go for it. But until you can give me that kind of feedback, then no. Because if someone's not in the place where they want to really make a change with themselves, then it's you know it's not up to us as, as trainers to really hold their hand through that, if you know what I mean. So someone people need to yeah, want to put the work in. Um, and like I said, some people just aren't there, which is nothing wrong with, you know, it's, it just may take another few months or whatever for them to really go, right, no, I, I really want to make a difference, you know. So, um, yeah, no, I have no problems mm-hmm. ever saying no to someone. Um, and, and even if I think that I can't help someone, especially as well, um, say, some, yeah. say someone that would need more yeah. um, help with personal things and stuff in their lives. That wouldn't be something that I would generally a path that I would want to go down. But I have a lot of trainer friends that I would then recommend them to and say, "Look, I think this person would be much better for you to work with." And um, to be honest, so you know, I would I would always be absolutely fine with referring out. And then there's just some things as well. If someone was to explain something to you that they didn't even sound really sure what they were dealing with as well, you know, I'd much rather that they worked with someone in person. Um, so this is talking about on- online. I'd much rather that they worked with someone on, in person yeah. than worked with me online because they're going to be able to see at the time how they're moving rather than if I was training them, say, online and they were sending the video and then I reviewed it afterwards. I'd rather be able to make a change in person. So um, in person, I probably would work with most people. Um, but on, in regards to online, yeah, definitely. If I'm not confident with it or feel they're not in the right place, then I wouldn't. I have no problem saying no at all because if, if I can't help them at the end of the day or if I'm not confident with what I could do, then I shouldn't be thinking about even providing the service, if you know what I mean. Yeah, awesome. Um, so now going back to yeah. Tom Morrison as a person, um, is there any, well, what are you doing when you're not training, when you're not uh, coaching? When I'm not training and I'm what not are coaching, um, making, silly, making silly videos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, no, pretty much <laughs> spend time with the kids um, and the wife. So, yeah, as much family time as possible, really. So, uh, yeah, it's nothing really overly exciting. So I was, um, before the lockdown and everything happened at the, at the minute, if you're, if you're listening to this later on, there's a lockdown going on at the minute. So um, I, I'm in the house a lot more. I am definitely yeah. missing teaching in person and traveling, traveling to seminars and everything. So um, I do love to go out places my favorite thing in the world to do is to go out and eat in restaurants and not being able to do that right now is absolutely killing me so uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so no i'd, I'd say training and yeah. learn it learning new skills would be something that i would you know delve into so i would just go and hang out at a gymnastics school for a while just to pick up some cool tips or whatever or go and hang out with people that compete in kettlebells just to you know see what they're up to and stuff so i just like to get out and about and just see how many different things are out there because i just love learning stuff and love meeting people and hanging out with people and like i said just sharing in other people's cultures and just you know being a little bit of a part of that for a brief while it's just really interesting to me so that's the stuff that i like to do okay perfect um so now what's the best advice that's been given to you in best your whole life? The best advice ever been given to me is that um, someone's circumstances will dictate um, whether or not they can do something. And I think that is a very important lesson for everyone to sort of learn because, you know, especially if for the likes of a coach, you know, you may only get to be part of someone's life for, you know, three to five years and then you'll never see them again because they've just moved on or, maybe change jobs or whatever so you know you can't be sort of annoyed at people just because their circumstances have changed so you have to just enjoy the times that you get to spend with people um, and enjoy being a part of their life temporarily so um yeah it's something i think that's served quite well so you know never be annoyed with yourself as well so um even in regards to myself and with my own training once um i had the kids and I started, you know, being a business owner and working a lot more and um, trying to build stuff up online as well. And, and then um, I, started, I had real issues with an autoimmune disorder. So my own health started to deteriorate a wee bit. So, you know, yeah, of course, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do the same things I used to be able to do fitness wise. You know, all of my CrossFit workout times all got slower and, um, you know, weights were starting to feel heavier. And, 
you know, I wasn't getting any sleep because we just had a newborn baby. So that was my circumstances at the times. So I couldn't be annoyed with myself because of that. You know what I mean? You can't be expected. You can't be expected to keep up yep. to a high level of training that you were whenever you're young, free and single and, you know, able to sleep eight hours a night or whatever and, you know, have your nutrition on point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care what anyone says. When you have a couple of yep. kids and they will not eat, you know what I mean? You just start... You start eating leftovers, you start eating biscuits because you're standing there at three in the morning trying to rock a baby to sleep. You know, it just happens. Um, so, yeah, but definitely never be hard on yourself about anything. Um, and just always remember about the circumstances you're in. And if you have the power to change them, if you're not happy, then change them. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so now going back to the 15 years old Tom, what's... One advice uh, that you would put like to Put the PlayStation give. controller down. <laughs> uh, put the wine gums down. <laughs> and put the cigarettes down. Put the wine bottle down. And start moving. And start bloody grooving. Just start doing things. You know what I mean? There's so much exciting, exciting stuff out there for you to learn. But, you know, you shouldn't just be sitting by yourself and, you know, never going out or never meeting people and stuff. You know, there's a, a weird thing. You know, it's just my entire life when I was younger in my teens and in my early 20s was just living for going out to bars at the weekend. And then the rest of it was just sitting in work, you know what I mean? And, you know, or meet up with my friends during the week for more mm -hmm. alcohol. You know, the, the idea of going to, you know, a sports club or anything to learn something or to go to the gym to see friends or anything like that was never even entered as a part of my life. So, Um, something that I'd love to see everybody doing and just, you know, you, you don't need to be the best at anything um, would be something I would say to my 15-year-old self. Just go and start doing stuff. You will have fun. And then again, as long as you're not hard on yourself, you will have fun. Well, in interesting that you're talking about uh, just doing things because um, what I, I'm realizing and I'm noticing, whether being in fitness or in life in general, that uh, more and more people are drive are being driven i mean by um, yeah. instant gratification so they just want to do things once and have the most out of it not to say sometimes more than anyone can even get and um i feel like the more people are being driven by this Exactly. Yeah. To do. Um, that's something yeah. definitely that I'm at the other side of now. So I have been down that route of I want to get better at this one thing. And like I said earlier on as well, if I put my mind to something, I will go all in. Um, so whenever I was trying to get better at Olympic lifting, mm -hmm. that's all you would have seen me do. I had a barbell and You come into the gym, what are you doing, Tom? Snatching. You come into the gym the next day, what are you doing, Tom? Snatching. You come into the gym the next day, what are you doing, Tom? I'm snatching. You know, that would be my life. I would have went, no, there's nothing else that I want to do right now in the world and get better at this. Um, I do think it's important for people to have a stage of that in their lives, but you need to try a few things first to figure out what it is you really want to do. So... Um, you want to build up a nice repertoire mm -hmm. of skills, I think, but then whichever one really excites you or whichever one you can stick to with a goal, then yeah, you got to go all in at that. And, you know, you're going to get bad days with things and you just keep on going. Um, but if you set yourself a goal and you want to achieve something, then yeah, that's also an important aspect of training that you should learn. So like now at the minute for me, because I've done so many things in the past, I'm able to float around and do a bunch of different stuff and have a lot of fun but for in order for me to get to that level with any of the multiple things that i do now there was a period of time that i just went all in with that one thing so by the time i was able to snatch 100 kilos i couldn't even do a burpee to save my life or a ring muscle up anymore because i'd put on an extra like seven kilos and um, because all, all i was doing was lifting weights and eating that was okay. it <laughs> you know my, my cardio was gone um, but that's yeah. the sacrifice that I was willing to make because I'd set that goal for myself. So, um, yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that one. People are just trying everything and not getting good at anything. Um, yeah. But you've got to set aside that time. And like I said, yeah. like six months to a year is not a long time at all. But the amount of gains that you can make in that amount of time is massive. You know what I mean? If you decide you want to get better yeah. at something and you pick one or two things and just go all in on them, you will make massive improvements 
um, to anything. So it's definitely worth doing. Um, and just remember, you know, there's always the year after. You know, you can pick to do something else the year after. But if you've set yourself a goal, like, and I mean a big, hurry, audacious goal, a BHAG, go for something that's just like ridiculous. You'll never be able to achieve that. Go for it. Why not? And if you fall a little bit short of it, you know what I mean? You'll have still made so many games that, you know, it, it would have been worth it. But it's a, it's a totally different mindset. It's a hard one. Um, I think for a lot of people to develop and for me where I'm at now in my life it's not something that would be a big thing for me now like I, I can't really ever see me turning around and deciding that I want to increase my deadlift one rep max by 50 kilos anymore it's just not something that you know I feel I would get value from anymore um, I'm just at a diff different stage in my life but I think for definitely people that are younger um, you know coming up and they're experimenting with new things start to really decide I'm going to go all at this and make it, make it a strength project for a while. Make it a nutrition project as well for a while. You know, decide you're going to get as lean as you possibly can just to see what it's like. You know, see, can you do it? And then afterwards, see how much of it you can maintain as well. Um, because once you've achieved something, you know, you're able to at least maintain it to some extent. But it's getting, gets getting to that more extreme level that yeah. your maintenance is still like that wow level. You know what I mean? But if you just if you keep hopping around, if you're like a gym bunny and you keep hopping around trying a little bit of everything, you will you'll never get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. All right. Um so now what's the best advice that you would give to someone willing to start in the fitness industry with no knowledge at all or who just went to the gym a couple of times? and really want to be good at uh, coaching and at Coaching and training. People training. hang out with other trainers. Um, there's, there used to be a big misconception, I think, a lot of years ago, that like if you were to like hang out with another trainer or like even comment on another trainer's post, that they would steal your customers. <laughs> so, like, you know what I mean? You got to get networking, the amount of stuff that you can learn from someone that's maybe been doing this for you know five years or more like all of my teachers have been in their mid 50s you know the best ones that i've had have been mid 50s maybe more and they've just been doing things for over 30 years you know everything that you're learning now has already been done and someone's already been doing it for 20 plus years and if you hang if you hang out with those people you'll get a ton yeah. of free information for one so you don't even need to spend any money on it but you will get the information through experience and that's something that you'll never learn from um books you know it's it's something that you'll actually be able to use and trust as well because if someone has been doing something for 30 years and they're still doing it to this day you know they must be doing something right so you know they are good people to listen to and then outside of that just yeah. invest in whatever you can but like i said earlier on make sure you're absolutely implementing things that you're learning because there's no point in just picking up information and never doing anything with it. You'd be much better at knowing 10 things really, really, really inside out well and knowing every little aspect of what can go right or wrong with them rather than knowing a thousand things, you know. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I stick to the mobility stuff and everything that sort of I would teach um, especially was is just that that's what I've really honed in on and that's what I know inside and out. So that's my area and I like to stick to that because I, that's what I feel I know best. So um, like I said earlier on, if someone's going to come to me for nutritional advice, I will refer out to a nutritionist that I know that does their job really well because they live that life, you know, that's for them. And I would much, I would much rather direct someone that wants that advice to yeah. someone that's going to give them that advice through experience and passion, you know? So um, if you, if you do, if you're starting in the fitness industry and you find that you have a real niche for something that you just really, really enjoy um, and that you're really, really knowledgeable about and that you really love implementing with people, then go all in and just keep on practicing, keep on building up certifications. So um, I've been on, I can't remember what it was this year that I've done already. <laughs> I'm also booked on the rehab course as well, you know, in August. And like, even at this point, you know, I'm maybe going to courses mm -hmm. and sitting there the entire time and not, you know, I've, I've already learned the information in a different way. It's just being presented in a slightly different way. Um, but I'll still feel that it's valuable in a way, because if someone can explain okay. something slightly better, then it's still worth knowing that way, if you yeah. know what I mean as well. So never... Like the journey never stops. Yeah. You're always learning more things 
um, about everything. So a lot of the stuff that I'm uh, learning out at the minute is all to do with neurology and how the brain can affect a lot of things rather than just how the muscles themselves actually move. So it's all really cool stuff. So never stop learning. Mm-hmm. Cool stuff, so. I agree with that. I agree with that. Never stop. Yeah, exactly. I think the moment you stop it, the moment you start dying as well. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> keep learning. Okay. Um, so in terms of now, so um, you gave your advice, you gave your um, lifestyle and your ideas of uh, training and of mobility. Now, What's the future hmm. holding for Tom? Um, I'm just going to keep on absolutely <laughs> doing what I'm doing. And like I said, I'm going to be furthering my own knowledge as I just always have enjoyed doing. Um, and I just want to keep on going on this journey. And I do still want to be the guy at 60 years old, still showing people how to move properly and be able to say to them, you know, well, look at me, I'm 60 and I'm still doing it. So that's really the goal for me. Um yeah. yeah, seminars around the world would be a nice one. So I've done quite a few seminars all around the UK, but I'd love to start going into Europe and America and Australia and stuff because I do have followings there. Um, so that'd be really cool. It's just getting more organized to be able to do those things. So that's probably the future for me. Just keep on spreading that message. Like I said, I want to be the guy that sort of influences you quite early on at the start of your training career. And then you go off and do your own thing because you already have the knowledge that I can you know, give you and you know how to implement it quite well. So that's where I sort of want to fall in with things. I don't want to be, you know, the guy holding your hand at the side of a platform waiting for you to get a medal. That's just not for me. You know, I, I like it. And as, as much as I know I can do that and, you know, have done it and could do it more, it's more that I'm more interested in helping people to understand their bodies better um, so that they're able to do those things. So that's where I feel I fall into place a bit more. So that is what I'm going to keep on doing. I can't see any changes in the future. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, so do you have any support, so being any courses, any books, any podcast, or anything that you would advise people to go on to if they want to learn more about mobility? Uh, for and me, about, I would uh, always say to go to my site doing? and pick up the Simplistic Mobility Method. And that's my system that I use and I have used for many years now and it's been used all over the world and it's what I teach um, primarily, if you wanted to get more nitty gritty about things and the principles that I use, then I have another program called Total Body Reset um, and End Range Training as well. So they would be more for, uh, say, you are a trainer and you wanted to know why you're doing the movements that I choose to use, then they're really, really good things to go for. Outside of that, I would definitely say to check out anything by the likes of Max Shank or Dean Somerset. He's another T Nation contributor. Um, for things and someone i feel that's very similar to me is called my she owns rehab you she um seems quite similar to the stuff that i like to do but she would teach it more from a, a certification standpoint so she would be very very you know as a movement course to do uh, i think she has a one coming out soon as well so she would be quite good to check out mm-hmm. else do i really like there's a woman, girl called Kate Galliott. She is the unbreakable body. She'll be a very good person to follow as well. Um, so a lot of the stuff you'll see from even those people and myself is that we all use similar movements and teach in similar ways. It's just really, if you really enjoy listening to someone or enjoy their style of teaching or whatever, you're probably going to learn easier from them. Maybe not better, but learn easier from them. So definitely um really good things to check out but if you want to check out anything yeah. more from me uh, just check out tommorrison.uk i have a ton of blogs on my website um that like i said dispel a bunch of myths and give a bunch of advice as well so uh definitely go and check that one out there's a really nice one that i have up it's quite recent it's called can i work out with a herniated disc and i've got a bunch of studies in it that um all reference like the correlation between pain and actual physical injury and how none of the you know, statistics match up. People that have injuries don't have pain and people that don't have injuries have pain. And then there's all just different variations from that. And then even depending on the doctor that reads MRI results, you could get a completely different diagnosis as well. So it's quite an interesting thing too. So um, 
that's why it's very important i think to have your own studies with things as well so remember every time you work with someone is that's your opportunity to be actually presenting yourself a case study you know what i mean what worked what worked for them and what didn't work for them and then you have more yeah. experience to base off for the next person and then you can just keep on building that up so um in regards to your own education remember the clients that you train are also your education i agree i agree with that perfect um where can people find more about you so you mentioned your website you mentioned uh what's your website address what's your uh social media um, tommorrison.uk is my website and even and from there you'll basically find my instagram which is tom.morrison.training and my facebook which is tom morrison i'm probably most active on facebook um i would say and my email is hello at tommorrison.uk so okay. that's where you can find out more about me okay perfect so i will add cool. all of these in uh in the description of the episode um you're welcome thanks for accepting my invite thanks for having me on tom well i wish you Cheers all the best yeah, and hopefully Bye. see you soon Bye. Oh, 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 oh,